Hi everyone. I just want to give a little shout out that Business Barn Raising is now open for the year. This time around, we are really focusing on helping people who have been interested in incorporating hippotherapy into their practice get started. And the most important things to get started really are focusing on your practice location, getting all the systems in place that you are going to need to provide services. Those are things like insurance and contracts. And finally, finding the clients that you need to run your practice. And in Business Barn Raising, we cover all of these areas, both in lesson content format as well as supported coaching calls. So if you think this is something that might be helpful to you, be sure to reach out and get signed up. We will be starting in June. Hi, this is Gina, your host of Animals and Aquatics. And tonight we're going to continue our Getting Started series. Glad to have you with us. This week on Animals and Aquatics, we're going to continue our Getting Started series to help you get started in an occupational therapy career incorporating animals, hippotherapy, or aquatic therapy. In this series, we've covered the preparatory steps that you can take to get started. This week, we're going to focus on the purposeful steps that you would take. Just like in an intervention, we often do our preparatory work first, followed by purposeful or occupation-based interventions. So this week, we're going to follow that same path and focus on purposeful activities that you can do in the getting started path. If you haven't listened to our preparatory episode, I urge you to go back and start with that one. That way you get an idea of the three topic areas I'm covering, skills, business, and legal. But this week, we're going to flip it on its head a little bit, and we're actually going to start with the legal stuff. Because when we get to the purposeful step, it's really important to take care of the legal stuff first. And in some cases, some of that may take a little bit longer to take care of. So you really want to get that done first. Getting some of those ducks in a row, getting some of those steps done will be really important before you invest money in some of the other purposeful steps that you would be taking during this phase. So let's get started. In the legal phase, we want to take care of things like getting our NPI number. Now, many therapists will already have an NPI 1 number. That's an individual number. And you may have that from working at another therapy company. But at this point, you want to start thinking about getting an NPI 2 number. And with that, that's going to cover a group or entity. So with this, we want to think about your business structure. So legally, what is your business structure going to be? And some of that is dictated by your state. And it's really important to look that up and know whether you are able to form an LLC, a PLLC. If you're thinking about going the nonprofit or 501c3 route, those are things that you really want to tackle early on. So in this purposeful phase, it's really important to figure out legally what business structure you can set up and then begin to do that. There are a variety of different individuals that can help you with that, such as a lawyer or your state's website. And there's also some online services that can help you with that as well. But you'll be looking at getting an EIN number. 
So that's filed with the IRS and that's going to identify you as an employer and that will be part of your business filing as well. So the legal pieces that come first are those business structure pieces because you need a lot of those before you can move on with some of the other steps. So when you get to this purposeful phase, you're really starting to put steps into action that is going to get you closer to your goals. And you may be thinking, well, I'm really only planning on seeing a few clients, maybe one night a week. Do I really need to do all this? And the truth is often you don't need to do all this. You may not need to do that. You may not need to do all of your business setup, but I do recommend setting yourself up right from the start because not only does it give you the business structure that you may need, even if you're only seeing one or two clients, but it also affords you some potential legal protection in the event that something happens with a client, whether it's a malpractice or just a general liability slip falls sort of situation there is a little bit more protection if you do have a business structure set up rather than if you're practicing independently. So the basic legal requirements that you're going to have is that you're complying with your licensure laws, with your state licensure, whether you're an OTR or an OTA, and that you have supervision in place for whatever treatment and interventions that you are doing. So thinking about getting those components together. And that supervision component is something that we touch on in the business barn raising course, because as a professor for OTA students, there's a lot of questions around being able to practice more independently while still meeting your supervision requirements. So I think that's something really important to think about in this legal category when you're getting to the purposeful phase, you want to get that supervisory relationship set up. This is think about like getting contracts in place, having attorneys review paperwork. The legal purposeful side of things is is really starting to get things together that are going to not only allow you to be successful in starting working in one of these areas, but is also going to help you practice ethically and be protected legally. Now, if you are an employee and you are working for someone and you want to start a program that is incorporating one of these treatment tools and you're focusing on bringing this into an already established occupational therapy program, then that looks a little bit different, but there still are some legal considerations that I want to touch on if you are in an employee situation. And some of that is making sure that you've had the discussions with your administration. And if there is a legal team involved at your place of employment, that they've been notified that you will be using some new treatment tools and they may need to look at liability forms. They may need to look at standards and compliance for accrediting bodies they may need to go through those particular components. If you're bringing animals into the facility, the legal team generally wants to know that. They may have an additional waiver that needs to be created and signed by clients who are going to be interacting with the animal. And that could be a dog or goat or a bearded dragon. Like it doesn't have to be a farm animal. It can even be a small animal like a bearded dragon. 
but there's still generally going to be some additional legal paperwork that would be required for you as an occupational therapy provider to incorporate in that into your session. So thinking about those legal side legal sides of things, you want to make sure you have all of your bases covered. So whether you're starting this as a side hustle on your own and you need more of the legal coverage, or if you're doing this under your employer, then you want to make sure that they have gone ahead and checked off all those boxes. Make sure that there's nothing excluded from their liability coverage and really just go through everything to be really comprehensive about that. And in this purposeful phase, you have that opportunity to take a deeper dive into what are those systems that are set up and making sure that they're going to accommodate the area that you want to now bring into your occupational therapy practice. If that's going to be in the pool, do you need to have a contract um, with the facility that has the pool? Or do you need to have something written up? Maybe there's a new waiver that you're going to add into your intake packet, right? So this is a good time to go through those again. This is a good time to sit down with an attorney and just have them go over the paperwork. And I especially think when we're in a niche area of practice that going through that paperwork phase with an attorney is a wise decision because although there is a bunch of attorney-reviewed paperwork out there, it's often dealing with clinical services. And when we're outside the traditional clinic, it is often helpful to have some additional phrases added or there may be a recommendation for an additional waiver. And we also want to be aware of what our state liability laws may be for like an equine liability law. And those vary from state to state as well. So just really being very sure about any laws that may pertain to the particular area that you're looking to specialize in. And I'll give this as an example. In New York State is a requirement that anyone under the age of 18 wear a helmet when they are on top of a horse. And if you are working in therapy and you have a client with compromised head control and you think that maybe a helmet would not be the best choice for them, now you have an issue between your professional judgment and competence and the state law. And that's why I'm recommending again in this purposeful phase to really go over those things with an attorney so that way they can give you guidance that's state-specific because those types of laws do vary state by state. So that phase, when you wrap it up and tie it off with a bow, feels really good. It feels really good to have your legal ducks in a row and know that you are really ready to look next at the business side of things. And like I said, this week we are flipping it backwards because I feel like when you're preparing and you're in that preparatory phase, it's really important to see if you have a good match with a skill set and it's something that you want to do from a work perspective. And then you can kind of look at like the business and legal side of things. But once you move from that preparatory phase into the purposeful phase, it's super important to really go the other way, get the legal things in a row, then make sure you have the business components. And again, that doesn't mean that you're starting your own business, even if you are going to be seeing clients and now incorporating in 
the animals or bringing clients now to an aquatic environment, that business phase of thing is important to look at because if you're the employee, you're going to still have to show that this is going to be beneficial to the business, whether it's yours or your employer's. So now we're going into that business phase of things. And this is where we're going to have some money dates. We're going to date our money a little bit and look and see what the expenses are going to be, what we need to do as far as having clients and income coming in. And in this purposeful phase, we are moving from just like market research and looking and seeing what's out there into gauging interest. And this might be sending out some surveys, going to parent support groups. So now we're putting a lot more action behind it is I guess the way I would describe it. In this business purposeful phase, we are starting to put together our marketing packet and information. We are starting to, we're determining, we're not starting anymore. We are determining what the cost of our OT services is going to be and whether we're going to start credentialing with insurance. That's going to happen in this purposeful phase if we are going ahead and being private pay. We need to determine, are we fee-for-service? Are we doing package pricing? How are we putting that all together? So in this purposeful phase, it is your ability to put the building blocks together And a lot of that depends on finances. Again, if you are an employee, you still need to look at, is this going to bring additional clients to my employer? Is this going to fill my caseload? Am I going to incorporate the animals or the aquatic piece into clients that I'm already seeing? Or am I coming on an additional afternoon a week where I'm going to now have new clients and am I bringing those new clients on or does that need to go back to a marketing department? Like, how is that all going to work? How is that going to play out financially? How is that going to play out time-wise and managing your own time schedule and what you need to get done? So whether you're an employee or you're doing this as a side hustle and maybe hoping that it will become a full-time job, right? There's lots of ways to go about this, but in the business phase when we're thinking of being very purposeful with it, we want to start laying the foundation so that way as we move forward, we're really in a good place of being prepared, of being ready to see clients because that's going to be our next phase when we move to occupation-based. That's going to be our next phase. And so in this business phase, and you've looked at the financials, you've laid that foundation down then the next thing is that client experience. And what does it look like from the moment that someone expresses interest in working with you, especially if they're working in a specialty area, making sure that everyone is trained in the correct language to use, in knowing what to say, because aquatics is not a separate service. Hippotherapy is not a separate service incorporating animals is not a separate service. They're coming for occupational therapy. And so in this purposeful phase, you are making sure that anyone who's on your team is going to communicate this information correctly if someone calls in and has interest or 
if you're again doing this as a side hustle, how are you going to communicate it to potential families that you might work with? So in this purposeful phase, you're really getting together the way that you want to communicate with people. So how are you going to explain your specialty area? How are you going to communicate it? Is it going to be like an email blast that's going to go out? And you want to make sure if you're not writing it yourself, that you are the last one to have eyes on it before it goes out. That way, again, you can check that terminology and language. Are you doing flyers? Are you speaking? Again, are you going to you know, speak at a support group? In this purposeful phase, we're taking those next steps and thinking about step by step by step, how are clients going to find me? How am I going to intake them? Like, that paperwork that we took care of in the legal section, how are they going to access it? Am I going to email it to them? Is it going to be part of our EMR? Am I going to hand it to them paper form? Like, what is that workflow process going to look like? And then as I bring them in for services, just starting to get an idea of what that might look like, what are some potential challenges, especially if you were really diligent in that preparatory phase and you spent some time working or observing someone who was in a similar area to where you want to go, what were some of the challenges that they faced? What were some of the challenges that the clients presented, whether that's not wanting to get in the water or not wanting to come near a big, hairy, smelly animal? or being afraid of a lizard, right? Those could all be potential areas. So you're starting to think through some of those challenges and also coming up with potential discussion topics with parents. I find that when I let parents know what the expectation is ahead of time, that tends to work out much better. And if I say most children don't get on the horse until the third session, then that really takes the pressure off of me. It takes the pressure off the child and allows us to go at a much slower pace because often if they're thinking, this is occupational therapy and I'm coming to the stable, that's their expectation is that the first thing you're doing is getting onto the horse. And that's often not appropriate. It's often not where the child is at. I most work mostly with children, but even some of the teens and young adults that we work with, it, it may take them a few sessions or I may want to know how good they are at following directions first before I offer to have them get on the horse and experience the movement. And building that into my intake process can be really helpful. So in this purposeful phase, you're you're going to start sketching that out. You're going to start sketching out those introductory and welcome emails, the packet that you're sending to people. What do they need to bring to their first session if you are in the aquatic environment? Like... What do you want them to have on hand? Do you want the parent to come in a swimsuit? Do you want only the client to come in a swimsuit? Is it a swimsuit or a wetsuit? Do you have any guidelines as far as what type of swimsuit it might be, especially if you're working with adolescents and teens? There's a lot of components that may be going into this purposeful phase. And I think there's almost something ironic about calling it purposeful because you really do want to be very purposeful as you're thinking through this. So we have them in, we're working with them, we're working towards our goals, things are going really well. What is the discharge policy? And 
when we talk about specialty areas, nature-based, occupational therapy, aquatics, incorporating animals, a lot of times our clients are very invested in working with us. And sometimes when it does come time to discharge, they are not particularly ready. And so making sure that we've had that discharge conversation at the beginning and we know what it is that our philosophy is on how long we intend to see people and whether we're working on a plan of care system. So we maybe see clients for 12 weeks, we write goals for 12 weeks, and we know that we'll be rotating clients every 12 weeks. Or if you have more availability in your schedule, maybe you are seeing them on a longer time frame, but you have some other guidelines for discharge in place. So we're really thinking about that whole experience. And, and as they come like to the end of their time with us, if they really enjoyed being out in nature, if they really enjoyed being in the pool, if they really enjoyed being around the animals, what other enrichment services, what other recreational services, what other sports can we connect them with so that they can keep that as part of their life? If that becomes a valued occupation for the client, how can we make sure that they can keep that as part of their life, even when they've moved on from our occupational therapy services? So in our business purposeful phase, we're really thinking through what that experience is going to be like for the client. And we're getting the things that we need to have in place, our communication strategies, our electronic medical records, if we're going that route, if we're not, how are we going to document? And, you know, documentation is probably uh, a love-hate relationship for most therapists in that we love to know how other people do it, but we hate to take the time to do it ourselves. And thinking about how you're going to handle your documentation, especially when you're starting small as a kind of side hustle, or maybe you're at a stable one night a week, and it may not make sense to have a full EMR. It may make more sense to document using another system where you're not paying for a complete EMR. So thinking that through, and and part of that is that financial side again of like, what is the break-even point on your time versus the cost of the EMR. So those all come in the purposeful phase. It's a great time to get out your notebook. This is where you actually are writing up your business plan. And if you have any sort of capital investment, it's super important to have done that market research, have your business plan written up, go to the Small Business Administration or the Small Business Support in your county or state have them look through it, have them give you pointers and advice before you start to invest a lot of money. Now, a lot of the things that I've talked about so far really don't require a lot of financial investment. So you're off to a pretty good start. And if it's your own land, house, barn, farm facility, then, you know, that's something, that's an asset that you already had. If you're contracting with a facility, then often that contract is either a chunk of time per day or a weekly contract or, you know, sometimes even a client or hourly contract. And that means there's not a lot of upfront investment. And so, again, that can work really good for getting started. So in our purposeful phase, again, we're taking action steps to prepare for welcoming clients in our new treatment environment or 
our new specialty area. We're thinking about any concerns we might have regarding communication, terminology, intake procedures, discharge procedures, right? We're really being very purposeful to outline all of those. And the last part in this purposeful phase is the skills and work area. And this is where we now have the financial commitment. This is where we now have the financial investment because this is where you're going to go to those American Hippotherapy Association courses. This is where you're going to go to the ATRI and take courses or get your life card certification. This is where you're going to get more training on nature-based therapy, right? This is where you're starting to make investments. And that's why I said, go from the legal to the business and then end at the skills because at that point you're really ready. You're really ready to start building those skills and go ahead and make that investment so that you've got a business plan, so that you've done the market research. You know that you're set up either with a facility contract or with your employer and that, that you're good to go. And now it's okay. You can feel confident in making those investments in the training and the skill side of things. When I'm thinking about building those skills, as you go through those trainings, that's a really great time because you're going to be kind of double checking with the purposeful things you've thought about from a business perspective and cross-checking that against the what you're learning about as you're building those skills. And a lot of the trainings are going to touch on documentation. A lot of the trainings are going to touch on marketing and business, right? They're not going to go into a deep dive. Often you're going to look need to look for a specific program that's going to mentor or coach you through that, but they're going to give you things to think about. And so it's nice because as you're working on that skills phase, and often this is our clinical skills, right? It's going to help you double, like it's like double checking your work, right? When you're taking a test. And so it's going to help you go back and, and double check that work before you bring in your first client. And so that's one of the things I think that's really exciting in looking at it step by step this way, legal business skills, because now you get to double check your work before you get ready to open the proverbial barn doors or dive right in, so to speak, because you now have gotten things organized and you're going to be out there networking with other professionals who are doing what you want to do. And it's going to give you a great opportunity just to double check your work. So today we covered the next steps in getting started. We talked about the purposeful actions that we can take in getting ready to get started in a unique area of practice like aquatic occupational therapy, occupational therapy using hippotherapy, nature-based OT, or incorporating farm animals or other animals into our OT interventions. I hope this was helpful for you today. Maybe you stopped and took some notes. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out. Again, that's one of our goals with season two is really to make more opportunities to connect with you, to find out what the challenges are that you're facing or what information, what interviews we can do that would be super spectacular for you. So we hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next week.